It's for all the dreamers out there. You're gonna be Hi, and welcome to the Coaching for Change podcast. I am your co-host, Pete Berman. I'm the co-founder and chief operating officer at Coaching for Change. And I am Marquise Taylor, the co-founder and CEO of Coaching for Change. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, we're really excited to be with you on our first season of the podcast um, and wanted to provide some context in this first episode about who we are and what Coaching for Change is, what we've been doing to get to this point and why we're so excited about being able to bring this first season of the podcast to the world. Yeah, so Coaching for Change is a nonprofit organization that's focused on recruiting, training, and placing college students in schools to serve as academic tutors, uh, behavior specialists, or uh, family engagement coordinators. Um, we've been doing this for about three years uh, in this model, but historically, uh, Coaching for Change has been around for 11 years. Um, it started off with the idea that we could change young people's lives by helping them become mentors. So we're here today at the Henry Lord Community School uh, in Fall River, Massachusetts, part of the Fall River Public School District. They are an amazing partner of ours. I think our biggest partnership right now, mm -hmm. um, we're working five different schools across Fall River and even hope to expand that as the years go on. But Henry Lord Community School is very special to, to me, to us. Um, they were our first partner in Fall River. And uh, Principal Braunhard, Dr. Braunhard, Dr. Yeah. B, as people call her around here, um, was an amazing leader of this building for as long as we have been here. Yeah. And just recently um, became the deputy superintendent. Yeah. Um, shout out to Dr. B. Congratulations on that. Um, but we just want to say a special thanks to to the Fall River Public Schools for giving us the opportunity to film here in a place that means so much to us. And I think this classroom specifically is one of the ones where our mentors are working and our after-school programs take place right yeah. here. Um, so it, it's always cool to be in this space. Yeah, and Coaching for Change uh, has a unique model. We go into we go to colleges and we recruit college students that are freshmen, sophomores, juniors and seniors. They're majoring in psychology, human services, public health, um, education. And we want to provide them with an experience that allows them to understand what does it mean to be a professional and help them develop those skills. So we partner or pair them with a school that is looking for more academic support. Um, they're looking to help students struggling with behavior and also looking to improve family engagement. And so by partnering them with a school, they're working with either a teacher, a guidance counselor, or a vice principal. And that's where the school partnership really begins. Um, and it's tailored to what that school needs. Uh, then our college students work anywhere from six to 12 hours per week in that school. On a, on a biweekly basis, they work with their teacher or, or the school professional school staff to help guide them with whatever challenges they face on a day-to-day -day basis. But then Coaching for Change provides that college student with a college coordinator who helps them also develop their, their job skills. 
and this goes on for an entire year. And all of our college students are paid for the time that they're spending uh, in the schools. And what we've seen is, is a really powerful dual impact. Immediately, we're seeing kids improve their grades. Uh, suspensions are being reduced. And parents uh, and family members are getting more engaged um, within the school community. And then on the flip side, we're having a lot of young people that want to give back and work in human services express interest in becoming educators upon graduating. So being able to have that dual impact is a really powerful uh, is a really powerful impact that results from the partnerships we develop with schools and colleges. Yeah, I get really excited about our new model, especially um, being so inclusive to bring in college students from every different major out mm -hmm. there and offering a lot of flexibility thanks to all of our school partners to have four hours a week or eight hours a week or 12 hour a week, different placements that fit for college student schedules. Yeah. If you need a Monday morning or a Thursday afternoon, you know, we'll make it work. And it helps to expose college students to a career that they might not have been considering already. I know a lot of education majors eventually have their student teaching placement as juniors or seniors yeah. even. Um, but most people as they go through school don't think of themselves as being a teacher, a guidance counselor, an administrator, mm -hmm. um, whatever kind of school support role that a lot of these schools are offering and there's a whole bunch to choose from. Yeah. Um, but by bringing in these different college students from all different backgrounds to come experience work in a school, what is it like to help a student on a day-to-day -day project or learn something new mm -hmm. and the magic of that with the flexibility of teacher schedules and all the fun vacations yeah. and benefits and um, a, a career in education can be so rewarding. And so hearing from the different college students that say, ooh, now I think I could really work with kids in this way and yeah. some of them it's right in school some of them oh now I want to be a social worker or whatever yeah. it is um, it's it's really awesome and a lot of our schools have now started hiring our graduating college students so we're really creating this pipeline of future educators um, and it's coming true this summer with our new partner in Match yeah. Charter School they were there for three weeks and they were yeah. so impressed with one of the mentors that he got hired by the end of that summer to start this school year um, and those stories are popping up left and right for us yeah. right now. It's really exciting to see. So I'm curious, can you tell everybody a little bit more about how did you come up with the idea to get to the place of using coaching and leading in athletics and education yeah. to become what we've become? So I started Coaching for Change while I was in grad school as a project coach fellow at Smith College. Um, that was such a profound experience because they flipped what sports meant to me. Mm. Sports was, I was always thought of sports from being an athlete and from an athletic standpoint. I never really thought of it from the standpoint of all the things that go into helping kids and people be athletes. Mm -hmm. And so at Project Coach, what their model was, was if you train a high school student how to coach, they then become a leader. And what does leadership look like? It's being able to communicate. It's able to plan. It's able to um, cr like have conflict resolution skills. Um, it's being able to 
um, give real compliments, right? Mm-hmm. And, and build relationships. Adapt in the moment. Yeah. yeah. And so that entire concept um, really like had a profound impact on me because we were working with kids in Springfield, Massachusetts um, on a weekly basis, training them to be soccer coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I recognized was that like we needed to do more because at the time – when I was in grad school, it was every 11 seconds a kid was dropping out of school. And that was a powerful stat to me. And as I reflected on my own upbringing and what that meant, I was the kid that struggled academically. I was a B minus C plus student at best. Um, I was the kid that uh, was sitting next to the teacher and getting kicked out and going to the principal's office. I was the kid whose mom was always in a principal or teacher's meeting. And as I reflected on it, I started thinking about all of the challenges I had. And I wish I had a mentor or a coach that could go into the classroom and sit with me. Mm-hmm. I wish I had um, a college student who could help me not pass notes in class. I wish I had someone that created a more fun environment for me and my mom to have when at school. And so being able to utilize college students in a really powerful way is where it all came from. How can we utilize college students to provide the support that so many kids need, especially at the time when school was not thinking about culture, it wasn't thinking about relationship, it wasn't thinking about social-emotional learning, it was just about getting the math grade or, 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 or improving your test scores. And so, and, and what we've, it's become more and more popular over the years, but raising your, te- or, or you, you, you're recognizing that like you can't, you can't, do well in school academically if you don't build the relationships and have the community that invites you to be there. And so that's where Coaching for Change really came from. It's this idea that we want to create a space where young people can get help. Um, They can just, just get help. (laughs) <laughs> and, and engage yeah. and feel comfortable and safe to engage in ways that they may not otherwise if there wasn't that extra layer of support yeah. during their educational journey and experience. Yep. Yeah, I think exactly. that, that's huge. Yeah. Like you're saying, that extra help in the classroom, a teacher's dealing with 20 to 30 in some schools, even more students all yeah. at once. And while there's so many amazing teachers out there who can like teach a math problem yeah. to make anybody in the world understand it, that doesn't mean that a student necessarily feels that they are heard or invited to engage in yeah. a way that they need it personalized and individualized and by putting mentors in the schools directly with the kids that might need a little extra jump or motivation or redirection, it allows for everybody to just feel better about that experience. 
Yeah, and I think that one of the key things that I also learned to recognize was that like not every kid has the same experience. Yeah, not everyone has the same home life. Not everyone is is, is has the same family dynamics. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has the same learning uh, uh, style. Right, and so. Being able to mix and match what every kid needs, it's really hard for schools to do. Mm -hmm. And so schools need that support, especially as we're looking at it from the standpoint of there being a staffing shortage um, or teachers being disgruntled um, or talking about unions, right? Like there are all these things that happen that prevent young people from succeeding and it's structural, right? And and yes, kids have ownership of, of some of it. Uh, or a lot of it, but like, how do we begin creating spaces that allow young people to thrive in a really meaningful way? No, it's well said. I I totally agree, and and that's part of what gets me excited about the work we're doing too. Um, I'm gonna take them back a little bit because yeah. I know you were talking about getting coaching for change off the ground with the idea originally coming from grad school, mm-hmm. um, and when I met you, you were working at the Boys and Girls Club as the program director. You had piloted Coaching for Change as, I think, just a summer program, yeah. and we're hoping to transition it into an after-school program. Yeah. Um, this is before we got all the amazing staff we had <laughs> now to help us make that transition in school and yeah. shift the model. Um, and I always get a kick out of telling the story of how we ended up connecting uh, because the name Coaching for Change was already there, yeah. this idea of tiered and near-peer mentoring was already in mm-hmm. place, um, and there were some amazing kids that I remember meeting right off the bat in, yeah. in your program that just loved you. They loved working with the college kids, and they felt so passionate about being leaders in the community. Yeah, um, That was the first thing that you notice instantly when yeah. you show up at a Coaching for Change site. It's like the kids that are leading, so they're not really kids, like young adults yeah, yeah. that are leading get so into it and take so much pride in the work that they're doing. Yeah. It's like hard not to fall in love. Yeah. Um, but so how I met you, how I met Marquise was that my dad, my parents had gone to a wedding And my dad met the uncle of the groom who was the head of IT or like technical support and stuff at the Boys and Girls Club (laughs) where Marquise worked. And so when my dad told him Pete's about to go back to school to get his degree in teaching, at the time I was coaching high school basketball um, in the afternoons and I was just searching for work. I had just gotten back from Chicago um, where I tried to start my own business and with a different buddy out there and it was a nice little nine month run, didn't work out, no big deal, (laughs) learned a lot. Um, But I came back and I realized that I want to work with kids. It was the first job that I ever had in high school. I worked at the Sudbury Extended Day program with kindergarten kids and moved my way up through the different elementary school grades. I was also coaching youth basketball from the age of 14. I did it all four years of high school. The first year I had a senior kid being my mentor and he would drive me to practice and stuff like that. But eventually I got my license and and me and a buddy took over our our own teams. And coaching youth basketball was the first time I think I really created a game plan, learned how to communicate with the parents. Like I'm 15 years old realizing that these fourth and fifth graders that I'm coaching need 
to know what to do. The parents need to know what we want to do with the kids. Yeah. I'm staying up at night writing my lineups for substitutions <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, so when you were doing coaching as transferable skills, mm-hmm. it made all sense in the world to me. That's how I learned mine too. Yeah. So yeah, my dad met this guy. The guy says to my dad, you got to set Pete up with Marquise. He's combining education and coaching. There's a little bit of sports, but it's really more than that. It's about helping these kids connect transferable skills to make their educational journey more successful. Yeah. Have Pete come meet Marquise. And so I show up to the Boys and Girls Club one day in a suit and tie with a leather notebook and like a laminated resume and you come running up from the gym in like a rip coaching for change shirt and gym <laughs> shorts. And uh, this is like your place. You were like the king of the club at the time. Um, and I, you know, I hand you my resume and you know, Mr. Taylor, it's great to meet you. Um, and you're like, yeah, let's see. Like, here's what we're doing. You gave me the spiel of how it goes there. Um, you're like, listen, I got to be totally honest with you. I don't have any money for this, <laughs> but I could use some help. And if you have the time and willingness to volunteer, uh, I think there's a lot of cool stuff we can do here. Yeah. And luckily, I wasn't employed <laughs> before the hour of 2 p.m. Um, and so I said, okay, as long as it's cool with you, I leave by 2. I got to go coach in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, awesome. So that was September 2012. You had just finished that 2012 summer program, yeah. and we're about to launch the after-school program. Yeah. And so... I worked with you on a volunteer basis for about six months. I think it was March. Mm -hmm. Um, At that point, I had really learned where you were going. You taught me how to write lesson plans and game plans because I hadn't gone back to school yet to be a teacher, but you Mm -hmm. had your degree in it. Um, And so I wrote practice ones all the time in your office. I would hand them in to you. How would Doc Rivers be a coach? (laughs) And you were like, bro, nobody's going to care about how Doc Rivers is a coach. Um, And I had to go back to scratch. But um, in March, I remember you took me out to lunch one time and you were like, hey, I think you really got the concept of what we're going for and you're really getting a hang of this work. How do you feel about being the co-founder of Coaching for Change? Mm -hmm. You keep running the on the ground programming stuff. I'm going to help you in the back to plan it all and and help navigate the resources, but I'm going to go out and raise us some money so that we Mm -hmm. can actually have salaries by the time we start for next school year. And of course I was ecstatic. Like I had fallen in love with the program. The kids in Brockton where we were working at the time yeah. were so amazing. Um, and, and they were so into it. Everybody was happy we were there. And so it was a no brainer. Um, and yeah, the, by the next school year, we yeah. were invited to go into a school yeah. and then yeah. once we started partnering with schools, yeah. things were amazing. Like that's where life yeah. took off. And I think I think that like one of the things that like really it speaks to the story is that like we when we when we first started we really didn't know what we were doing. No. Um, the only thing that we or yeah that we that we agreed upon that we wanted to make sure we like honed in on was identifying kids that had really low self esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, they were struggling either dealing with losing. They were struggling with their temper. They were struggling with their identity. Uh, they were homeless. Their families were um, like involved in gangs, mm-hmm. uh, and like that's who we went to work with. Yeah. Um, they had, and I think that it speaks to what what you're talking about. Is like 
they wanted a home, they wanted a space where they could feel seen and they had a voice. Yep. And I think that's what created that attachment to what we're talking about. Um, and, right. And, and it created this bond and family of like, we didn't have to be perfect. Right. Right. We, we could figure things out. And I, I remember writing a lesson plan myself. Um, it was on business. It was how do we create a profitable summer camp, mm-hmm. a one week summer camp. And the whole thing was about income and expenses and like I taught the kids for like a solid 60 minutes. And when I was done, they had no idea what I was talking about. Yeah. And I was like, all right, let's go like let's 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 go like figure out how how are we gonna where's the income coming from mm-hmm. and how much is it gonna cost us? Let's and they're like, Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. No what idea what you're saying. saying. Yeah. yeah. You just said a bunch of words. <laughs> we spaced out and yeah. And, and, and then you have to like figure out how to like what do you do next, mm-hmm. right? And that was such a cool moment because I'll, once I got past the the fact that I got embarrassed, <laughs> right? Yeah. It was how how do we move forward from here from here, and and I think that's kind of the story of coaching for change is like how do we move on from here? Yeah. Um, which which has helped us grow yeah. uh, to serve so many kids between Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Yeah. Um, but being able to find that place for kids uh, to find themselves, yep. uh, to, whether it's finding their voice, whether it's building confidence with academics, whether it is just engaging the community in a meaningful way, that, that's really the, 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 the heart and soul of Coaching for Change. Yeah, building yeah. that safe space. And a, and a sense of belonging, as well as a place where they can explore. Like, it's okay to fail. It's okay to try and realize, I'm not so good at this. Yeah. Um, and be vulnerable with them. I think one of our strengths that we've always had is admitting to people, like, listen, we're going to try something today. Yeah. We have not tried this yet before, but I'm really excited about it. And yeah. if we figure it out together, I think it could be really cool. And yeah. that allows other people to bring that same energy. Uh, you know, a kid X or Y would bring us yeah. ideas and be like, oh, can we try this tomorrow? I think it could be really cool. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, let's yeah. do that. I'm going to build that into the lesson plan tomorrow. We're going to adapt what we're doing and we're going to try Tommy's idea. Right. You know, we're going to try Janika's idea. We're gonna try, like, oh, yeah. I, I miss those kids. <laughs> um, yeah, so wait, so on this break, since we yeah. are um, talking about what used to happen back in the day, I'm curious what comes to mind to share your favorite like impact story when you saw something special happen with the kids or mentors. I think it was, it was, it was a collective group. Okay. Um, it wasn't just one kid, but I think that the memory that still gives me chills is the first summer I did. So Brockton has this like Brockton After Dark program, mm-hmm. um, and so during the day, I would have ten college or ten high school kids uh, work with me, and I had two college kids working with me, um, and we taught them how to coach, and. These 10 
kids from Brockton didn't like basketball, wasn't interested in basketball. They just wanted a paycheck. Yeah. And so every single coaching session we had was a disaster, right? They weren't listening. They didn't care. They were like, but then once we started putting the camps together, Mm -hmm. right? So our college or our high school students, our high school and college students were working together to run a Brockton After Dark basketball program for uh, elementary school students. Mm -hmm. But every night for 90 minutes, our college students built relationships with kids. They went from being the shy introvert to this really excited, proud person that was giving kids high five, running up and down the court, giving kids high five, uh, like being cheerleaders, uh, helping kids like dribble and shoot and just seeing kids morph from the timid, shy kids that wouldn't speak up or even make eye contact to then being leaders in the community. Um, and they wore their coaching for change shirts with such pride. Mm-hmm. That was, that was, that was a, like a powerful moment for me yeah. uh, I, that I was like, this can work. This was the, like this concept. There's, there's some, they are there with this concept. Yeah. 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 No, I like that. And that's, that's super early. That's an OG story. Yeah. I like that. Um, for me, what comes to mind is when we had started partnering with schools in Brockton, mm-hmm. um, we were working at Davis, uh, the Davis Elementary School, I think it was. They might have had both middle school and elementary yeah. school. Um, but there was, yeah, my oh, two memories from Davis in the opposite programs too. Um, so the Davis Elementary School program, the principal asked to review our list of mentors before mm-hmm. we came to the school with the college kids and the high school kids. Uh, we were bringing both age groups to the elementary and middle schools. And she looked over the high school list and saw a student that she had had in Davis oh, yeah, yeah. and said, this kid was a real troublemaker here. I don't know that this makes sense for him to come back and be a mentor. That doesn't really seem like he's role model material. Mm. And we went into her office and we had a conversation with her. I think you were there with me. Yeah. And they said, do me a favor. Trust me on this one. We're going to have an adult here. Yeah. We got his back. We're putting him through training a couple days a week. We're, he has a mentor of his own. And I have a feeling that this is going to work out. And mm-hmm. it's kind of exactly what everybody might need in this situation. And she said, okay. She yeah, said, I'm going to yeah. take a risk. But I need you to keep an eye on him. And, yeah. and I'll check in with you guys about it. And she she approved. And... One day, I think it was like week two of the program, yeah. and oh, there was a student in the elementary school, and he was throwing a fit. This kid wanted no part of whatever activity we were trying to do with them. I think it was even free time, and we needed him to be on a computer, and he was like, I don't do computers. I'm playing basketball. Like We don't have the gym right now. Like I need you to work with me. Um, and the kid storms out of the library. Mm-hmm. Didn't ask permission, just storms out of the library. 
and Billy, I won't use last name, Billy turns to us and goes, I got this. And Billy was the kid that the principal was unsure about. Yeah. And so we said, okay, you got this. And he runs out the door and he goes and stops the kid and says, hey, mind if I walk with you? And he goes, fine, but I'm not going back in there. And Billy and the kid start walking around the school and the kid's actually like just walking with him and talking to him. And we have no idea what they're saying at this <laughs> point. And they're just taking this stroll together and it's just so calm <laughs> that there's no reason to butt in and, and figure out what's happening. And five minutes later, they make their full lap around the building. They come in, and the kid says, all right, I'm just going to call her over here or whatever. Awesome. I run up to Billy. I pull him and say, Billy, what on earth did you just do? He goes, I just made sure he knew that he's me. Like, yeah. we're the same person. This, I never wanted to do this stuff in <laughs> when I was his age and we just asked him to do the stuff he hates yeah. and so I just say like dude I get you let me just help you figure out what you do want to do I'm allowed to get you that kind of permission let's just figure this out yeah. it's you and me we're in this together yeah. and just like that Billy saw himself as a leader. The kid saw that he had an ally yeah. and that he had somebody that he could turn to when nothing else felt like it was right or his style or whatever. Yeah. I just thought that moment was so powerful. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, yeah, we, we're doing something here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Billy ended up graduating high school on yeah. time. I think he might have even been the first person in his family to graduate high school. school. He did not think he was doing it. You know, lived in one of the most dangerous areas of Brockton and everybody was ecstatic for him. He's a working professional right now in carpentry. Um, Yeah, it's just awesome to see how his life's turning out. Man, and I think that's the, this is what we're trying to do with this podcast, right? Is share these kinds of stories. um, But firsthand from the participants that are actually working in the schools that we're working in. Um, what we what we've heard over the last couple of years is that there's a massive need to hear the stories of young people of how they've overcome challenges and how they've dealt with um, just challenging situations and and hard situations of being middle school students. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being able to feature our college kids um, to share how they've gotten through things. And share with the the Coaching for Change community what Coaching for Change looks like from a personal standpoint with our kids and and hearing directly from them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited about this season. Um, We have an amazing lineup of guests coming in. Students, some who are mentors with us, some who aren't. Um, But I think the line of success is clear for all of them that – There's so much working against them the way it's relatable to so many of us that like there are going to be obstacles in your way that if you're trying hard, you will experience failure. That's what comes with trying hard. Um, the, the old saying people say, if you've never failed, you're probably not trying hard enough. Um, and the guests that we're bringing in have tried, they've failed, they've had challenges, they've found ways to get help. And to yeah. try new things and to broaden their horizons and really figure out where success is and what success looks like for them. Yeah. Um, and those stories 
should be inspiring um, to the next generation coming up. Hopefully, if there are people out there even similar age that need to learn what else is happening for mm -hmm. people um, in my age, who who's out there that's like me. Um, and to all the adults out there that have been through this, hopefully you see some of what you've gone through in this new generation that all the different generations aren't so different. Your story uses different words, right, my story right. uses different words and their story, and, and it will continue. But the, the elements- tu The tools have changed. The tools have changed, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the elements are the same. Um, yeah. And to see what ha what they're doing to adapt, yeah, to make it through is awesome. I, I love this, and I'm I'm really excited about what we're bringing to the table. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. On that note, uh, tune in. We invite you to come back throughout the fall to hear the Coaching for Change podcast. You gotta hear this. Uh, Guaranteed fun, some laughs, some vulnerability, maybe a couple tears. We'll see what happens. Um, but it's all in good faith. It's all out of love to help share um, that we're all in this together, yeah. just trying to find out what our individual path looks like and how can we help each other um, to make this all a better place. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Tune looking, in. Looking forward to it. Thanks. Thanks. This podcast is presented by Coaching for Change, empowering college students to ignite change in the next generation. A special thank you to our inspirational podcast participants for sharing their stories with all of us. To the amazingly talented Trey Mutava and Mutava Music for the soundtrack of this podcast. To the Fall River Public Schools for donating the space. To Rowan Edwards for filming and editing this podcast. And of course, to you, our listeners. To get involved with Coaching for Change or make a donation to the nonprofit, please visit www.c4cinc.org or find us on social media at Coaching for Change.